0: Well, we're going to talk about what other people think of us today. That's what we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about, this is the start of a series called How to Stop Caring What People Think. And there's all sorts of thoughts that I have on this. And originally, this was going to be a single episode. But then as I started writing all the ideas, I was like, actually, actually, we're going to need to do multi-part because I feel like this breaks down into layers. I feel like, When we have this issue, and honestly, most of the people I know on some level are concerned about what others think, whether that's their friends, their sister, their mother-in-law, the other moms at school drop-off, the girls from high school that they're still friends with on Facebook, people on the internet, strangers on the internet, like prospective partners. There is this massive anxiety that exists, and it doesn't really matter what age you are like throughout cultures, throughout different parts of the world where we as a society have just been taught, especially women, I think, we have been taught that other people's opinion determines our worth. And I just think it's a really important conversation to have because the world will give us a million different things that we can do to try and fit in or to try and be liked or to try and get more likes. And that's not the solution. The solution is, can you find personal freedom in yourself to be yourself? My friend Tom Bilyeu says, can you like, when like nobody's with you, do you like the person that you are when you're all alone? That is, That is freedom. That is the goal, I think, for all of us. But it's really hard to get to that place if you obsess over the perspective and the opinion of others. Hi. And I feel like this is a topic that I am uniquely qualified to talk about. Number one, because I was raised to be a people pleaser. I know a lot of us were. I'm not speaking for everyone. Um, One of my best friends, Beans, she does not give a fuck. It's like one of the most inspiring things in my life. And I just try and like absorb it every time I hang out with her. But she just doesn't have that thing that I definitely grew up with, which is like, I want to be liked I want people to think that I'm a good girl. I want to do a good job. I want to, like, show up well and do all the things. And it really was something that I encountered from the time I was a little girl. And I definitely encountered it inside the church. And I know lots of people who didn't grow up with any sort of faith community, and they sort of still felt this pressure from their parents, which was you were an extension of your parents. And so you were taught that you needed to be pretty. You needed to be smart. You needed to get straight A's. You needed to do all these things because you were representing mama or daddy. Or maybe you were representing an even larger family that cared deeply about the respect and the opinions of other people. So I was raised Absolutely, to be a good girl and to do what I was told and to follow the rules. I still, to this day, I'm 38 years old. I still have fear of getting in trouble, and that shows up in big ways. Like even the times in my life where I've like been speeding and like gotten pulled over for a ticket, and just felt like, oh my, it's all crashing down. Like I have, I am in trouble now. I have. I am the police are here. Like you've, you've gone 10 miles over the speed limit. You're getting a speeding ticket. And I'm just like having an anxiety attack because this fear of authority and this fear of getting it wrong, this fear of messing up, all of those things were ingrained in me for as long as I can remember. So I spent a lot of my early like adult life Once I became conscious of this, I would say like the latter part of my 20s and the beginning of my 30s, really learning how to unravel and unpack this people-pleasing mentality. And honestly, if you are listening to this podcast on anywhere you get your pods, just as an FYI, if you're curious, uh, on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, podcasts go up with like the full behind the scenes. And when I say the full behind the scenes, I just mean those moments where I stop and then go get um, a s- espresso shot in my tiny Santa mug. But if that kind of lifestyle content does anything for you, uh, that happens on the YouTube channel. So there you go. As a quick aside, because apparently this whole um, episode is asides, I have completely changed my caffeine intake. I started this process back in the summertime when I met with Dr. Amen. You can go listen to that podcast episode. Learned all about brain health and how to make my brain stronger. And I don't even really recognize the way that I am today with caffeine. It's really funny. But I mostly just sort of exist and I am fine. But every once in a while, midday, it feels like, okay, we're just going to have a little little sippy poo. And that is fine because I'm allowed to have eight ounces of caffeine a day. Beyond being raised to be a people pleaser and spending a ton of time trying to overcome it, I also wrote an entire book about this. If you really feel like you need to take a deep dive into the subject, I want to encourage you to go to the library. You do not have to spend a single penny. Go to the library and grab Girl, Stop Apologizing. That entire book is about how to live your life with confidence as who you are and and sort of move forward unapologetically. You can also listen to it on audio if you like the sound of my voice because I narrate all of my books. But the other reason I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to talk about this is I've gone through some pretty public fuck-ups. And it doesn't matter if I didn't mean to make the mistake. And it doesn't matter if it wasn't my intention, it still happened. And I talked a lot about this at the time when it happened uh, in early April, uh, that my best friend had told me, she's like, there is a big difference between your intention and your impact. Like your intention behind something can be One thing. It can be good. It can be right. It can make sense to you. And then your impact can be something else entirely. So, what you're dealing with is the aftermath of your impact, even if that wasn't your intent. So, I've talked a ton about that. I've done a million podcasts about it. I've been really open about that time period. And this isn't an opportunity to like drudge that back up. But I do think it's a really interesting perspective that I bring to this because the amount of people, press, like really big press that wanted to interview me after all of that happened to have me talk about that experience and talk about cancel culture and talk about what that meant. And then the press that told their own story because I wouldn't do interviews with them. And there just was all of these things. And I think I'm... I'm not saying that as a like, woe is me. That is part of my story. And I really believe in my heart that that whole experience happened because it was necessary for my evolution. And I know I sound like a hippie, but it was one of the most horrible experiences in my life. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, I think if you can imagine, if anyone listening to this or watching this, if you are a people pleaser, or you, you know, even if you hate to admit it, you want people to like you. And then it feels like, everybody hates you and everyone's so angry and you didn't mean to, but it doesn't really matter that you didn't mean to. I would never have chosen that experience, but I have the perspective I have today. I learned what I learned. I read the books I read. I had the therapy that I had. I went through all of these experiences because of that experience. So I don't begrudge it because I... Didn't know what I didn't know. That's most of us, right? And my view of the world is so much greater than it was. And I wouldn't have that if I hadn't gone through this really deeply painful experience where I did hurt people. Even if it wasn't my intention, I did hurt people's feelings. I did do something that made people look at me in a different light. And it was fucking brutal. It was so brutal. I. I still can't really wrap my brain around how I made such a big mistake, but I did. And there's two paths to that, right? There's like, okay, you messed up and here's what you're going to do with this thing that happened. But then there's also, I think, again, a really unique perspective of how do you keep moving forward when there are people who actively dislike you. And given the fact that I have a brand and I have, you know, I write books and I have this podcast, it's not just people who dislike you. It's people who sort of dedicate themselves to uh, dissecting and unpacking. And that's okay. That's their journey. Like everybody gets to do what they want to do. I don't begrudge that. But what I'm trying to get at is I think that I have a unique perspective for you guys. When I say like how to stop caring what people think about you, I have had to spend the last uh, nine months of my life learning how to move forward when really publicly I've had a mess up. So this isn't even one of those things where it's like, are you even sure people are upset with you? No, no, I know, <laughs> I know that they are. And how do you how do you move forward? So those are the the unique perspectives I have. Sort of being raised to function in a certain way, and then also the reality of having a really public failure and what that means. So that's what I'm bringing to the table today, guys. That's that's my sort of launch pad for this conversation. And I wanna break this into two parts because as I was laying out my thoughts on this, it came into basically two camps. There was this whole list of things that I made that I realized was all about other people. And then there was this whole list of things I made that was really about yourself and your relationship with yourself. So today I want to talk about other people and other people's opinions and what that means and how it shows up in your life and how it keeps us inside this fear and keeps us from doing and trying to be anything other than what other people think is okay. And I mean, I guess we should start a conversation with why this matters. Why does it matter that maybe you're listening to this and you're like, well, why does it matter if someone else doesn't like you? Or why does it matter if you care what other people think? I feel like if you have to ask that question, it's because you don't care what other people think. Because most of the people that I know who struggle with this, it creates almost debilitating anxiety. In fact, when I've done conferences or coaching or different things and I'm talking to women about anxiety, if we unpack it deeply enough, the anxiousness usually is about a fear of what other people think of them it's a fear that they're a bad mom. And then I'm like, okay, well, are you ac- can we unpack it? Like, are you actually worried you're failing as a mom? Or are you worried that other moms are judging how you're mothering? Like, are you worried about how you look really? Or are you worried that other people think you look wrong? Like if we unpack it, so often anxiety for women has a root in what they think they should be doing. It's like that old joke, like stop shooting all over yourself. There is no one way to be you. There is no one way to be a human. There is like there's just this journey that you have and this life that you're blessed enough to get to live and along the way You're gonna make great choices. You're gonna make stupid choices. You're going to have painful seasons and growth seasons and like exciting seasons. It's all part of it. And this life is long. You're not meant to show up as one version of yourself. You're meant to grow and evolve. And you will never reach the fullness of who you're supposed to be as a human being if you can't allow yourself to stretch. And stretching sometimes means that you get it wrong, sometimes means that you fall flat on your face, or sometimes means that you're actually, you don't really fail, but you are doing something that other people actively dislike. So when you ask, why does it even matter? It matters because so many people are being held back from the greatness that is inside of them and greatness that is determined by you. Like, your greatness could be that you are going to be the the best second grade teacher in all of Omaha. Your greatness could be that you're going to be the world's greatest stay-at-home dad. Or maybe it's that you're going to be a billionaire CEO and, like, build a rocket to the moon before that Tesla guy does it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what greatness is to you, but I guarantee you that if you don't allow yourself to explore that out of fear of being judged for being different, you're never gonna know what might've been. And I worry about this with women, especially because we're taught to stay in line. We're taught to play a certain role. We're taught that we have a job. Okay, not all of us. God bless. Some of you definitely grew up with parents who raised you differently. But I was raised with the perspective that, the goal for my life was to be some was to be like a good man's wife and to have kids and be a good mama. That was the goal. And that's beautiful. I am so grateful for the time that I was married. I'm so grateful for my kids. They are the best thing that has ever happened or will ever happen in my life. But that's not the wholeness of me. That's not the fullness of me. There's so many parts that get lost if I don't push against the boundaries and the narratives that were given to me from childhood. So that's why it matters. It matters because you deserve the freedom to live your life without caring what other people think about you living your life. And just imagine for a moment, what would it feel like for you if Just never again for the rest of your life if you never, ever cared again what anyone thought of you. You didn't care what they thought about your outfit. You didn't care what they thought about your job. You didn't care if they were judging you for having those fries or for trying to run a half marathon or for being a working parent or for going to college, for not going to college. Like, just imagine if for the rest of your life, you could just free up that whole psychic energy in your brain. I don't mean psychic like you could see the future, but I mean psychic like the psychic energy of you releasing this oppression on your life. Imagine the space you'd have in your brain. Like Maybe you would be a rocket scientist. Maybe you would write the great American novel like who even knows what you're capable of because you spend so much damn time worried that you're a size 14 and you should be a size two? Like, oh my God, you, you don't even know what you're capable of because you spend so much time with this. So that's why we're exploring this topic. And I do think that just like yoga or learning guitar or anything else, this is a practice. This is not something that you flip a switch and all of a sudden you're not ever going to worry about it anymore. But it is something that every single day you can start retraining your brain and recalibrating your brain to stop obsessing over other people's opinions. So the first thing I do want to start with is the difference between really helpful feedback and unhelpful opinions you did not ask for and that don't serve you. Okay? So this is kind of a hard one because usually negative opinions always feel negative. It doesn't feel good to get some kind of feedback that you are not right or that you've done something wrong. And I want to start with this one because it would be really easy for me to just like jump into a camp and say like screw everybody's opinions, screw what they think, do your thing, don't care. That's really easy and I think to some extent that is true a lot, but not always. Sometimes the feedback that we get, even if it's deeply painful and hard to hear, is something that we need to hear. When I Went through everything in April and got so much negative feedback and had to dive deep into understanding white privilege and what that meant and how I was being perceived out in the world and all those parts, like that was so awful and hard. And it would be really easy for me to tell myself stories or to put my head in the sand or to say, like, well, I didn't mean to hurt people's feelings. And so but that's not, that doesn't help me to grow. That doesn't help my evolutionary process. And in your own life, when you encounter feedback that's painful, it is really helpful to just ask, is there any truth here? Is there anything that I actually do need to learn from this process? Because sometimes, even if it's hard to hear, that learning, those painful things that we actually don't wanna navigate through That is how we become the best version of ourselves. That is worth its price in gold because you couldn't have got to that version of yourself any other way. You couldn't have learned those things if you hadn't had to go through the really hard stuff. You couldn't have grown as a human being if you didn't own up to your mistakes and apologize and learn to do better and keep going. So it is really important to just ask yourself, to gut check yourself, is there value here? I think that we, as individuals, are not always a good judge of whether or not something has value for us because we tend to be very hard on ourselves. So it's really easy if you get negative feedback to be like, yes, you're right. I'm a piece of crap. I suck. I should give up. I should not keep trying. I should blah, 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 blah. We're too hard on ourselves, so it's too easy to go there, where I think there's incredible value in Going through something where you're getting negative feedback is a close circle, whether that's a single confidant, a mentor that you trust, a close group of friends, other people that you can speak to to get their perspective. Because I was really blessed in going through what I did where I have this incredible community. I have this really amazing group of girlfriends who can hold me accountable. So two examples of this are saying something stupid on the internet and everything that happened in April and having girlfriends who are like, yeah, that was stupid. And we know you and we know your heart and we know you didn't mean it, but that doesn't mean it didn't hurt. That doesn't mean it didn't hurt us as your friends or embarrass us as your friends. It it still happened. And so they were beautiful in that season to stand with me and also help me learn and help me grow, but do it through truth and holding a mirror up and challenging me in ways that were painful, but so good. And then I also think of like going further back into 2020, I got so much, so much hate on the internet when I got divorced. And it's still astounding. I I shouldn't dwell on this, but it's still astounding to me because the man doesn't get any flack. Um, but I got a lot of flack as the woman. And um, that was shocking because my community is predominantly women. So I just found it so wild that without anybody knowing our story or anybody knowing what really went on behind the scenes, because I won't share those details, that people sided with him. And frankly, I, just, I don't know that there should be sides at all because nobody was going through that except for us and our family. But I got so... Much negative feedback and so much hate about that. And again, my friends were really powerful because I was really hard on myself. And I did, I started to slip into the narrative or slip into the belief that people were right and I was awful and I should have worked harder and, you know, all of these things. And then those same people were the ones who held me accountable and were like, no, you're all you have done is teach on this idea that we reach for a better version of ourselves. And the better version of ourselves has to stand up for ourselves when it's necessary for survival. Um, Getting to a place where it wasn't possible to keep sustaining for both of us meant that I had to choose what was right for me and for my children. And I needed those friends around me to remind me that the voices of strangers on the internet don't get a say in my life unless I allow them to. And in that instance, there was no, that wasn't helpful, that wasn't good, that wasn't part of my evolution. That was strangers who had an opinion or a perspective that then they are projecting onto me. So it's really valuable to have people that you can trust that you can bring these things to and you can ask. And you also have to be willing to hold space for it being painful. I mean, you don't, like you can keep living as the same version of yourself for the rest of your life. But if you want to grow as a human in any area of your life, That always comes through something hard. You know, that whole idea about you have to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Sometimes experiences push us, even though we don't want to, even though we want to just like stay right here where it's comfortable and good, the experience will actually force you to grow. And I will choose the growth every time, even if that means that unfortunately, some lessons I'm going to have to learn in a hard way. So it's worth asking yourself, your friends, your your people that you trust, is the feedback that I'm getting right now actually helpful? Now, let's just real quick talk about the flip side because my instinct for you is that 20% of the time, the feedback is actually stuff that you need to hear to grow. 80% of the time, the negative feedback is just BS. It is because most of the time, negative feedback from other people about what you're doing, what you're living, what you're wearing, what you believe, who you love, any of it never comes from people who have experience in the thing you're trying to do. It's like, how many times have you seen people who are, let's say, trying to build their own business. They're entrepreneurs. They're small business owners. They're hustling. they got a side hustle. They're doing their thing. And the people who crap all over them, how often have you seen like, a really successful entrepreneur turn around and crap all over other people who are trying to be entrepreneurs? Very rarely. In fact, if you're seeing that, that person's just a jerk. It's not based on any factual knowledge because people who have achieved more than you have will never judge you for wanting more. Let me say it again for the people in the back. Those who have achieved more than you have In the area you're trying to grow, health and fitness, exercise, running, your relationship, your business, uh, getting out of debt, going back to school, the people who've succeeded in those areas will never judge you for wanting to grow in the same area that they themselves grew in. Number one, because they're like, hell yeah, that's my, you're, you're my people, you're my community, you're trying to do the same thing. And also, they know how hard it is. So they're not gonna judge you for trying, for failing, for going again, because they know what it takes to get to where they are. So if the people who've done what you wanna do are not judging you, that means the people who judge you are the ones that have no business talking to you about that area of your life. No freaking business. Like, wait, you haven't walked in my shoes. You don't know what this feels like. And so you don't get to make me feel bad. Like, I remember my ex-mother-in-law, I love her as a human, but we had a rocky road for a very long time, lots of years. And it was almost entirely wrapped around the fact that I am a working mom. And I mean, I remember being pregnant with my first baby. How many people said, you know, so you're you're not going back to work, right? And I was like, what? No, I mean, I of course, I was an entrepreneur even then. I'm like, I spent all these years building this business. I'm not going to just stop doing it. If anything, owning my own business means that I get to make my schedule now and like I have more control than if I worked for someone else. So yeah, I'm going back to work. And I'm if you've read my books, you listen to podcasts, you know all about that journey of the shame that I felt because so many people in our family, my ex husband and I, like so many people in our family, were so judgmental and were downright like hateful about it and said awful things. Like, you are going to screw up these kids. What just like so, so awful to me. Never to the man, never were like, well, what's it going to do to your kids that you're working full time, Dave? Like, what's it? Nobody has literally, nobody has ever said that to him. But I got that a lot and maybe you got that a lot and so I oh my gosh, I struggled with it a million different ways and worked to overcome it and worked to like see that with love because I thought okay, this is their fear speaking. They're speaking their fears onto me and just all the stuff, right? But the biggest and most powerful realization I had years ago was, I was like, wait a minute. This person Who is judging me so harshly for this choice, has never been an entrepreneur, has never hustled, has never tried to build something, has never, ever walked the same path than I have, but she's telling me it's not possible to be a good mom and to work simultaneously, but she's never tried to do what I'm doing why in the world would you take feedback from someone who is not an expert in the area you are trying to move in? And we do it all the time. So it's powerful to ask yourself, okay, is this for me or is there something I am meant to learn in this experience, even if it's hard? Okay, no. In this instance, yes, I'm going to learn here. Actually, in these instances, no, those don't apply to me. So then the second option is, okay, I should not be taking feedback from somebody who doesn't know better. If you don't know better, you don't get to talk to me about this. Because I am telling y'all, if you are talking to someone who is an expert, they're going to be encouraging of you. They're going to be supportive of this thing that you're trying to do. They're not going to be a jerk about it. So it's kind of an easy way to, to check is... Are you, is that feedback being given to you with love or is it being given to you out of fear? Because things that are given to you with love, even if they're hard to hear, those help you grow. Things that are someone else's fear that they're trying to project on you will slow you down, will kill your momentum, will stop you from any kind of different, exciting, cool, you know, elevating life experience mostly because people are afraid, but also on a more like human level that people do not want to admit to. You changing, you trying to do something different than they are doing reminds them that they're stuck, reminds them that they keep living the same life year after year, reminds them that they made different choices. You being free, you being yourself, you having the confidence to be who you are, reminds other people that they are still locked in a cage, and they hate that. And rather than look at themselves and what's going on in their own heart, they will flip it and make it about you being wrong. Because if, you, if you're if you right, if this ability to express ourselves and be free, if you're right, then that means I may have lived the last 60 years of my life wrong. Don't let someone who does not know what they're talking about tell you that you're getting this wrong. Another great question to ask yourself about the opinions of other people is, are they even really talking about you? Are they even really judging you? Is this real or is this something you are imagining? Because 98% of the time, nobody's thinking about you. I prom- I don't care how many followers you have on social media. I don't care what you think. Who- nobody's thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Honestly, you're over here obsessing about all these people who are judging you. But you're not thinking about Sally or Pam or Carol or Steve Because you're busy obsessing about yourself. That's most people. Most people are focused on themselves and worried that everyone's judging them, but we're all over here worried about ourselves. No one's thinking about you. Most of the time, yes, are there situations where you slip and fall when you're at the grocery store and and like 10 people saw it happen and also the security guards on the video thing? And yep, those people saw you and maybe they're judging or maybe they're laughing. That's a real scenario. And there are times, yes, where you do something or say something, you get feedback. Yes, people are thinking about you in that instance. But most of the time, nobody's thinking about you. And honestly, y'all, that I mean, this is something we need to learn at 38, at 65, at 15, at 9. How much of our lives do we spend living in fear, unable to be ourselves, and you get to... The older years of your life and realize, holy crap, what did I not do? What did I not try? What did I not explore? Who did I not kiss? Where did I not go? All because of a fear of judgment. And really, nobody was judging me. And I lost all of this opportunity and all of these experiences and all these memories that could have been based on my imagination. So, asking yourself or reminding yourself, or frankly, lie to yourself. Nobody's thinking about you, bitch. Nobody cares. Maybe you need to say that to yourself 10 times a day because that fear that you're being judged constantly or that people are thinking about you, that is your ego. That is your ego. That is you obsessing over you and being positive that everybody else is obsessing over you too. So ask yourself or hype yourself up with the truth that no, dude, this is not. This is not real. This is a lie that that voice in the back of my head tells me to keep me afraid and to keep me stuck. Nobody's talking about you. Nobody cares. I mean, maybe you make some moves and maybe you do some things and maybe you write some words. Maybe you record a podcast. Maybe you go get that degree. Maybe you run for a local office. Maybe you do something that stirs the pot and that gets people talking about you in good ways. But At least then it's because you made an actual wave in the water, not because you told yourself a story about what might be. Nobody's talking about you. Thirdly, sometimes there are people who, like I said before, offer us an opinion, their opinion about what we should be doing, how we should be living where we should show up. This happens a ton on social media. If you're building a brand on social media or have a business there, everybody's got an opinion, right? And they like to offer their opinions about you. And back in the day, I feel like people would offer an opinion about your work. This is like the twisted distinction that has happened with social. When I first started writing, I think I published my first book in 2014, people, if they didn't like the work said, I don't like her work. I don't like her writing. Here's why I don't like her writing. Now, if you create something, people don't say, here's why I don't like her creation. They say, here's why I don't like her. They find ways, even if you own a local coffee shop or a bakery, they make it about you as an individual, which is so demoralizing and can really trick us into believing that our identity is what we do or that our identity is our public facing brand. And this was a really powerful tool for me. Maybe we'll help some of you. Years ago, I realized that even when people on the internet don't like me, there's plenty of them and that's okay because I'm not for everybody and I don't want to be for everybody. If I'm trying to please the masses, then I'm not really creating content that matters to me or that speaks to my heart because it would be impossible for me as an individual to create things that make everybody happy. But I, I had this like really powerful realization years ago that if someone doesn't like me, I'm using air quotes, it has nothing to do with me, Rachel, this woman that I am right now sitting in this chair in my den because with love, you don't know me. If this is, you know, this is a whatever, 200th something podcast that's been around since 2017, maybe you listen to every episode. Maybe you're my biggest fan. Maybe you just came into the mix. Maybe you follow me on all the social accounts. It doesn't matter how much you consume my content. You don't know me. You know my brand. This is true for any sort of public-facing persona, whether that's an author, a podcaster, or a local business. You only know the perception that you have of that brand, and you only know it through the lens that you see it, meaning if you're an entrepreneur, maybe you started listening to this podcast because I'm an entrepreneur, and you like that angle, right? Maybe you're a mama, and you like hearing me talk about having kids, and so that's the lens that you came through. You came through a very specific path to get to consume this content right now, and that path colored your experience of what my brand is. So for instance, I grew up in the Christian church. My faith is very strong. And lots of people decided years ago that I represented a Christian woman to them, that I'm like, uh, I'm using air quotes again with respect, but like a Christian woman, they decided that that's what I represented. The problem with that is that they decided that I was whatever a Christian woman meant to them. So their perception of that then projects onto me, which would be all well and good until you learn that I am the most liberal human you've ever met. I'm feminist as fuck, I'll cuss. I believe in women's rights. I believe in equality for everybody. I am spiritual, I'm witchy, I... Love God and I love my faith, but I believe it's so much bigger than the world that I was raised inside of. And I also don't believe that anybody else gets to tell me what my faith is or tell me that my way of practicing it is wrong. But that is deeply challenging to someone who maybe is very conservative and sort of attach their conservative ideals to what it meant to me because I came from the Christian faith. So The reason that I bring all of that up is if you were my friend, my real life best friend, I'm having a holiday party this weekend, and those people gathering in my living room to have cheese and crackers, those are real life members of my real life community. They know me well. So those are the people that if something happens publicly on social media, they don't look to social media. They call me and go, girl, what? what the hell's going on? What are you doing? What's happening? Those are real life friends. And those people are the opinions that I care about. That's what's powerful for you here is to understand that any sort of public persona, they don't know you. I remember watching, I love Taylor Swift, and I was watching Miss Americana, her documentary on Netflix. And there's this part where she's like talking about how the world hates her. And she says this line that I've never forgotten. She's like, I like some hashtag, like I hate Taylor Swift trended for 24 hours on Twitter. She said, do you know how many people have to hate you in order for that hashtag to trend for 24 hours worldwide? And I remember feeling so sad for her because I was like, oh baby girl, they don't know you. Not a single one of those people who use that hashtag know you. They hate the brand. And those are two different things. And when you start to believe that your identity is the same thing as your public image, as your business, as being the head of the PTA, when you start to believe that's who you are, you're missing it. So there's power in understanding that the opinions you do care about It should be a small and very tight circle. Those people who love you no matter what, who hold you accountable and you hold them accountable, and that's the rich, real life, doing life as a group. That's what it looks like. The last thing I'll say on this topic is I heard uh, my pastor years ago said this line that I just love. He said, don't give people in the cheap seats an expensive opinion in your life. Don't give people in the cheap seats an expensive opinion in your life. You gotta ask yourself, are they in the cheap seats? Are these people sitting on the sideline and judging me and they're not doing anything? They're stuck in the comfort zone, they're not even trying, but they really like to yell at me and tell me how bad I'm doing. I I remember the first negative review that I ever got for writing and you've maybe heard me tell the story that I spiraled out and I decided I was a terrible writer and I should give up. And then I realized that one person's opinion was about to destroy my love of creating and writing the written word. And so I made the decision that I would never again read another review, and I never have, of anything I've done, good or bad. I have no idea. No idea if you love it, no idea if you hate it, because that's not that's not why I'm doing it. If you're doing something, if you're creating something, if you're reaching for something because you want adoration, you're already starting on the wrong foot. You're already starting off setting yourself up for this kind of anxiety because you think that the opinions of other people matter more than the opinion of yourself. That's a, that is a battle you cannot win. So it's worth asking yourself, when you get feedback, and it doesn't mean you have to hold anger or push anger out into the world or negativity or any of it. When you see something and it triggers you, when you see a comment on social where you hear, you know, your aunt Ruth say something sort of catty under her breath or whatever, just ask yourself, like, where's their seat? Where's their seat? Are they on the field? Are they in the ring? Are they taking punches? Are they running these miles? Are they doing this entirely different nutritional plan with me? Are they doing any of this too? No. Okay. Then y'all are in the cheap seats. You're a spectator. You're just watching. And if that's the case, you don't. I, I can't even hear you. I'm over here working. I'm putting my head down. I'm doing the work. I'm committed to this vision I have for my life. And you don't get an opinion here. It is. Uh, it's really easy. It's really easy to get sidetracked by what other people are saying. And if you allow yourself, it will rob you of all momentum, all of it. One of my favorite quotes and reminders to myself is, the devil doesn't need to destroy you. He just needs to distract you. How often are you distracted by the fear of what other people think? It happens a lot. And I started with a conversation about other people because next week we're going to talk about us how we contribute to this in ourselves, but also what can we do to stay focused, to be aligned, to make choices and have habits and have the mindset that says, I know my values, I know who I am, I am moving forward with purpose, and when I move forward with purpose, when I move forward with love, when I move forward with good intention, I know my heart. And so I don't have to be worried about what other people think of what I'm doing because I know who I am. That's next week's episode. But I hope that this gave you some food for thought. I hope that this was a good conversation and it was helpful to you. And if you enjoyed it, I hope that you will send it to somebody that you think might find it helpful as well. This is hard work that we do on ourselves, but this is good work. You're here because you want to make change. You're here because you want to elevate. You're here because you want tomorrow to be a better version of you than today was. That's not always easy, but it helps if we have the courage to look at the things that are holding us back and have been holding us back for decades. Thank you for joining me for podcast today. I appreciate you and your listenership. And until I see you next time, I love you. And I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Sterling Coates and edited by Andrew Weller.